a lot of people don't realize that you don't need extra systems like lead pages or click funnels that you can do free landing pages on your own website. So if you're using one of our designs, the thing I normally recommend is to duplicate one of your existing pages, rename it, and then from there you can tweak to your heart's content. So you can embed mailing list signups from ConvertKit, Flowtask, or just about any third party that offers embed codes. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Welcome to the Brands at Book Show, where we help creative service-based businesses build their brands and find more clients. I'm your host, Davy Jones. Today's episode is a bit random, but Chris and I thought it would be fun to have a quick, casual conversation about seven fun ideas for your website. Hopefully you find one or two of these ideas interesting, and if nothing else, it gave us quite a few ideas for future podcast episodes. As Chris mentions in the beginning of the episode, just because you find the idea interesting or cool or fun doesn't mean that you have to implement it. There's often a lot of wisdom in simplicity and keeping things straightforward, especially when it comes to your website. Anyways, be sure to check out the show notes at deviantcrystal.com for the resources that we mentioned during the episode, and we want to hear from you. Let us know what kind of content you'd like to see on the Brands That Book podcast as we move forward, especially in this episode. If you find one of the things we mentioned interesting, let us know, and we'll create an entire episode around it. To leave your feedback, just send us a DM on Instagram, at deviantcrystal. Now, on to the episode. back to another episode of the Brands of Book Podcast, back with Krista. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> you live here. I know, I'm excited to be in my own house. You're still the one on like the I'm cover. I'm excited for you to join us in our office. Maybe when the baby, after the baby's here for a while. Yeah. I've been working a solo in the office, which is fine, but then I'll go down into the kitchen and I'll get yelled at for disrupting work. But you know. <laughs> I'm in our kitchen and there's an office. Anyways, we, we didn't just have an argument about this. <laughs> that didn't just that didn't just happen. I'll tell you but while we're on the subject of pregnancy, Krista has had the house temperature set to like sixty five degrees, which is frigid. Like you have to walk around in a sweatshirt and sweatpants to stay warm in our house. But the problem is as soon as you step outside, it is a hundred degrees. So there's just no comfortable climate. There's this thing called layering. Oh, uh, yeah. So <laughs> And you don't have like a little this heat, is how bad heater, it's been. a heater on your belly. <laughs> this is how bad it's been, people, is that I woke up feeling like I was nearly sweating last night and I went to check the temperature in our house and it was 68 <laughs> degrees because my body is just acclimated 
to it being so cold in our house. You like it cold at night too. <laughs> I do, but I just, this is a problem. We can't, it having to be 65 for me to sleep is not good. Just getting you ready for the winter. Yeah, it's I guess coming. so. Yeah. And then you'll... <laughs> no, no, don't say that. Anyways, we have sort of a random topic today. We're going to be talking about seven cool things that you can do on your, your website. So just sort of seven interesting things that you can do on your website. And I would say that there's not a, a big theme here. Would you? No, there's not. Yeah, there's not. So admittedly, there's not a big theme. We're going to go through this pretty quickly. But you know, if you're thinking through your website and you're thinking about different things that you can do, maybe you find one of these ideas interesting and something that you would like to pursue. I think, for instance, two of the last things that we're going to talk about, I think, are interesting, especially if you're looking to level up your website. All right. These two things I'm excited to chat about because I think they could be even their own topics mm-hmm. at some point as well. So yeah, just to jump into a that. word of caution though. I wouldn't just add some of these features just because you can, you want to make sure that whatever you're adding is intentional and it actually boosts your client experience. Cause some of them like embedding things or adding a lot of background video can actually slow it on your site. And so that could hurt your overall search engine ranking client experience. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a good, I think if you take away anything from this episode is maybe it's that just don't do things just for the sake of doing them, I guess. There are all sorts of, especially, you know, I mean, I'm listening to podcasts all day and there's all sorts of interesting things that people talk about and it's like, oh, I could do that. But should I do that? That's Mm -hmm. a whole nother question. So hopefully if you find one of these things interesting and you give it some thought and it's worthwhile to do on your website, then hopefully this helps. And if not, maybe just ideas uh, for the future. So maybe we should just dive in. Okay. The first cool thing that you can do is adding background video. So most people know that you can embed a video from something like Vimeo or YouTube, but a lot of people don't realize that you can also embed a video into your site and have it kind of span the width of the page. A lot of times these are looping videos that maybe set the scene, set the mood, make your content seem a lot more engaging. I've seen videographers do this really well with like little clips that repeat in their hero spot and then they have welcome text over top of them. Or venues that have like great drone footage that showcase the property or even like craftsmen or like photographers who use a looping video to show kind of what it's like to work with them. So a lot of times these videos are smaller. You definitely don't want these to be big, long videos. One key is to make them less than eight megabytes, especially if you're going to upload them to show it. And ideally they don't have any sound and they just kind of play over and over again. Yeah. A few notes about this just from like a optimization practical standpoint too. And I think you maybe you mentioned this is that a lot of times these won't work on mobile or aren't appropriate for mobile, especially if you're in an area where not everybody has great cell service. You know, if you're mm-hmm. in a city where people have access to 5G or whatever, you know, you're probably okay. But in general, you want to, you might want to limit this to desktop. Well, um, on show it, they don't work on mobile. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> and then in addition to that, Maybe keeping the background video out of the hero spot, especially with the new Core Web Vitals update, content that moves and shifts and video in general takes a while to load. So might be best to save that for further down the page. Unless maybe you're like a videographer. Yeah, unless maybe you're a videographer. And again, all these are trade-offs. On one hand, these videos very much can elevate your brand, Mm -hmm. right? And I'd say that this, you know, especially background videos, I always think like luxury, elegant brand. Yeah. You know? It, well, That's I feel just, like it takes a lot of extra work to have a video produced, especially like if you're in the video. Sure. So I think it's very appropriate for some 
luxury level brands. At the same time, keep in mind that there's going to be some performance trade-off. And we make those decisions all the time. So that's all I'll say about that because I've gone on and on and on about that in other episodes. (laughs) So should we move on to the next one? Yep. The next cool thing you can do is integrating a shop on your website. I mean, even as recently as a few years ago, I feel like you had to have your shop on a different platform than your website. So a lot of people used Shopify or they used Etsy or some other third-party shop in order to show off their products and have their checkout. And then they'd have their website with all of their content. These days, it's a lot easier to integrate everything together. So personally, we're big fans of WooCommerce. It allows for all of your elements of your website and your shop to live in one place. There's no need to send people to another URL to do checkouts. And so that's good for surgeons. It's good for Facebook ads because everything is staying at the same URL. And we actually have a few designs in our shop that are fully integrated with WooCommerce, including one for ShowIt, which is a new kind of thing that ShowIt is doing, allowing for more WooCommerce integrations on their platform. Yeah, it's definitely integration that's being more built out or it seems more built out. There's been more exploring, I think, in that direction than there has been in the past. So that's really interesting. I would agree. I think that it used to be, you see a lot more, you know, if there's a shop, maybe somebody linking off their website to Etsy. It's not that necessarily like WooCommerce and Shopify are, are new things, mm-hmm. um, but it is easier than ever, I think, to start a shop on your website. And especially in the last year, people have found that to be a good thing because- So many know, more people are shopping online. Yeah. So many more people are shopping online and businesses with physical locations had to shut down. So that is something that at least worth exploring. Right. Yeah. I don't know if there's much else to say about that. You can also embed buy buttons from cart systems like Thrivecart, Kartra, Kajabi, Shopify. But that can be a lot of work, especially if you have a lot of products. So that's probably something that you'd only want to do if you have a small amount of products. So like if you sell courses, that might be a good solution because then you can integrate people right into Kajabi or your course system. But if you're like a physical product shop that has like 100 t-shirts, I wouldn't go that route. That'd be tedious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, think about your funnel too, you know, and the type of shop that you're setting up as well. But do we have a podcast episode about that? We definitely have a blog post about it, I think. Yeah. So we have a blog post about it that you can search for on our website and we'll try to track down and put in the show notes here. But maybe that deserves a podcast episode. Mm. If you're listening and you find something that we say, you know, one of these things interesting, send us a DM on Instagram, comment somewhere and let us know and we'll create more content around that. But I think it's about time we do maybe just like kind of a all about shops, especially now that I've recently launched a shop with a physical product. Mm -hmm. So I've kind of seen both the digital product side of things and the physical product side of things. Yeah. And in the last year with COVID, we've launched a lot of shops for people. Yes. Yes. Definitely something top of mind. Next one is what? Creating hidden pages. So a lot of people don't realize that you don't need extra systems like lead pages or click funnels that you can do free landing pages on your own website. So if you're using one of our designs, the thing I normally recommend is to duplicate one of your existing pages, rename it, and then from there you can tweak to your heart's content. So you can embed mailing list signups from ConvertKit, Flowtask, or just about any third party that offers embed codes. And then you can also use these pages as hidden pages to create sales pages, pricing guides, vendor guides. And in most cases, these pages aren't going to be automatically added to your site's main navigation. And then you can also set them to be hidden from Google. So that way people aren't accidentally stumbling on your pricing if you want it to be hidden. 
Yeah, absolutely. And the nice thing about like some of these, what we call add-on pages is that, for instance, like let's say you've designed your website, but you like one of the add-on pages we have, you can add that to your existing website. Right. You know, one thing that I want to mention too, when it comes to hidden pages and what that means, one of two things, like a password protected page, which is not really possible to show it. There are some workarounds for a show it specific password protected page. We have a YouTube video on how you can create one on show it. But really what we're talking about, right, is a page that's not going to show up in the search results. Right. Um, there's a little check mark in... Show it SEO settings. It's either in the, under the show it SEO settings module or right under that or around that as the advanced... Like advanced. Yeah, advanced settings. Mm-hmm. And there's a box that says, ask Google to ignore this page. Right. Uh, and you'll want to click that button. If you're only WordPress or like your WordPress Elementor and you have like Yoast or one of those SEO plugins... At the bottom of the page, you can ask Google to ignore that page too. Yeah. So what you'll do if you have Yoast or Rank Math as a SEO plugin is you'll go to Yoast or Rank Math. We recommend Rank Math. I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Go to Rank Math in one of the tabs within like kind of the Rank Math module for a post. You can select no index. And so that's what you would want to select for Rank Math if you're creating a page that you don't want to show up in the search results. We also have a free landing page template that you can grab. And so we'll include that in the show notes. Awesome. Yeah. For lead generation. For lead generation. Speaking of free templates though, the next one is making a link tree type page. Yeah. So since Instagram isn't really known for linking the way that something like Facebook or Pinterest is, I think most of us realize that if we want to send people to our website or our latest blog post or a special offer, the only space that we can really link for a grid and you can do stories if you have a certain number of followers, is in the link in bio. And so a lot of people in the past have used Linktree. And there is a free version of Linktree, but now it's like $6 a month to use the one that I think really lets you do very much. And then social schedulers like Later and Planoly will also create link pages for you. But again, you need one of their paid accounts. And all of those platforms tend to be not on brand. And you're sending traffic to those websites instead of your own traffic. So you can actually make like a link tree type page on your website. You'll need to manually update it, but it keeps the traffic on your website. And we actually have another free template for that. Yeah, that absolutely. You can grab. Check out that free template. That's a download. Is it for both show it and WordPress or just show it? It's for both. Awesome. One of the advantages though of like link tree or later or something like that, I would say more so like later than link tree is it's just a little bit easier to update as you're working in for later, specifically. We, I mean, for for our Dave and Chris Instagram, we use later because we share something every day. And yeah. so updating that link page every day would be pretty tedious. Yeah. And, and so, you know, again, trade-offs here. You have a little bit more control over your page if you keep it on your website. You're also not giving away traffic to another site at the same time. Easier to update right. if you, you know, go with the tool. And it's for later, like we're already paying for it anyways. We are, yeah. Um, so anyways, moving on. Embedding a Google map for directions. So this is probably only something you need to do if you have a physical location, but you can actually... Well, it's definitely... (laughs) It would only be something like if you don't have a physical location... If you don't want people coming to your house, don't do this. Um, Or just like sending them to a random place. (laughs) But basically, you can embed a little tiny Google map on your website. And so if a visitor clicks on that map, it's going to link directly to 
your location and offer them directions. And so on some mobile phones, it might even pop up with their Google Maps app and then give them directions to you. So I think it makes get helping people get to you really easy. I think for local SEO too, and I think a good feature for local businesses with physical locations to have, you know, where you serve uh, customers at that physical location. Right. So something to consider. With that said, not the prettiest thing always to add to your site. No, they're not very pretty. <laughs> I think totally appropriate for some websites, maybe in the footer or, you know, other on websites the on, their, page. on their contact page. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So maybe something to consider. And just, you know, when it comes to your Google My Business listing, there's all sorts of little fun things you can do like that. Like you can grab a link from your Google My Business listing that you can send straight to people so that they can leave reviews easily. So not going to be pretty, but... <laughs> but if you're familiar with, if you're not familiar with your Google My Business listing or you haven't created one yet, I highly recommend creating one and then exploring it a little bit more. Next is advanced lead gen targeting. So this advanced. is very a Davy topic. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll go through these next two quickly. I'd love to, for this to be a shorter episode. But then, you know, like I said, if you're interested in, in any one of these topics, let us know and we'll do an entire episode on them. So lead gen targeting, I feel like Elementor in particular, but there's also a lot of tools out there that allow you to get pretty fancy with how you target people on your site based on their behavior. All right. So show it. Unfortunately, you can create a very simple pop-up within show it, but there's not much intelligence to it. No. I mean, really, it just pops up when somebody clicks on a button or you scroll a certain way down the site. It's not going to know if somebody's already entered their email or seen it before or any of those things. So we build them into our templates, but we don't typically use them. We don't typically use them on our own site. So our favorite tool for this is called ConvertBox. I would say it's probably one of the best tools out there just in terms of like, if you want to show a certain offer pop-up interstitial to somebody, basically, if you want to show information to somebody based on certain behaviors or actions they've taken in the past, ConvertBox pretty much allows you to do that. So it could be that somebody visited another page and so now they get delivered this pop-up or this message, things like that. So, or if somebody comes from a different, like a certain website, like Facebook or Instagram, they can be targeted with a specific offer. Yeah. So like, let's say you're running a Facebook ad and you have like a 25% offer going, but you only want that offer to show up on your website if somebody's come from Facebook. All right. Because you can be reasonably sure that they saw that offer, then you could set that to appear. Right. Mm -hmm. So that kind of stuff, it's really helpful to do, you know, especially if you don't want to put information in front of somebody that's not relevant to them. And if you want to kind of act on that information in the future too, it's good to use a tool like ConvertBox. So we're big fans of ConvertBox. I would say check them out. We'll include a link to that in the show notes as well. Downside of ConvertBox, a little bit expensive. Upside is it's one time. I think it's you get a lifetime account, something like that. And there's other options too. Elementor, for instance, has a really great native pop-up builder. So you can do a lot of the same stuff that you can do on ConvertBox on Elementor. It's not quite as advanced, Mm -hmm. but it's still pretty good. Yes. So the last thing is location-specific landing pages. This is sort of like a SEO tip too, Mm -hmm. I would say. And especially if you are, let's say, a photographer or some sort of wedding vendor and you serve an area like Annapolis where Baltimore is an hour north, DC is an hour south, the beaches are two hours east 
before you even hit the beaches, you have St. Michael's and all these different wedding hotspots, right? Mm -hmm. It's almost impossible to get your homepage to rank for every single one of those areas, right? So basically, you could create pages on your website that target these, you know, different areas. So you could create a page that's called something like St. Michael's Wedding Photography and optimize that page for that specific search. So show Um, off weddings that you shot there and maybe a list of like your favorite engagement session locations, FAQs, put like a vendor guide, all sorts of things you could do to really optimize a page for a specific location. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for like wedding photographers in particular, one of the places that's probably booked before you are would be like wedding venues. So you could do the same thing that targets specific wedding venues and create these guides around these wedding venues that will hopefully show up as people are looking for a wedding venue. So then hopefully you'll be top of mind in their initial research for wedding vendors. So just one hack to start optimizing for multiple locations. And I would only start doing that after you've really dialed it in for your initial right. yeah, your initial location. You know, so you have kind of your website set up and optimized, you're creating content consistently, and now you want to start targeting different areas. The nice thing about this is you can kind of create a template for this. So your Baltimore wedding photography page and your DC wedding photography page can look really similar, mm-hmm. have a lot of the same content, and then just the specific instances where you're talking about Baltimore specifically and DC specifically. And maybe you link to them in your footer. And so this is a good way to be more specific than saying something like destination wedding photographer, which is not the best search engine term. Most people aren't looking for a destination wedding photographer. They're looking for a Jamaica wedding photographer or a Paris, France wedding photographer. And so you could make pages that are specific for each one of these. And then I'd probably link to them from your footer. I don't think you'd want to have a top level of your homepage header filled with all these different pages. Exactly. You wouldn't want to throw all these in your top level navigation. You'd want to strategically link them throughout your website and you know having them in your footer under a, a column that says something like locations is mm-hmm. uh, is a good idea. I'm thinking of one exception to that, Chancy Charm. Uh, And we had her on the podcast. I'll try to link to her episode, but she talked a lot about this strategy. So if that's something that, if you're thinking to yourself, oh, you know, I might want to do that, check out my episode with her because we talk a lot about this. She also has a different team in each region. So yeah, it's a little bit different than maybe what we're talking about. The essence of it is similar. Right. Yeah. Anyways, hope you find these things helpful. If there's anything that you want us to cover in the future, just let us know and we'll be sure to do that. And remember, we are releasing a new YouTube video every week as well. Sometimes it corresponds with the podcast episode and the blog. Sometimes it doesn't. This week's is what? Seven hacks for... Your show it website? Yeah, for designing a show it website quickly or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So check that out if you have a show it website and in your process of maybe customizing it or just getting started with designing on show it. Yes. All right. Anything else? Oh, I think it's actually eight hacks, but it's fine. <laughs> All right. Eight, seven. We got we got a YouTube video. It's up. Uh, you know, it's in the show notes. I'm sure we short, we're sharing it on Instagram. All right. Thanks, Bye, guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Brands That Book Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review in iTunes. For show notes and other resources, head on over to deviancrista.com.